was uh, in Pennsylvania, in, uh, up in the mountains of Pennsylvania, visiting a church where uh, my spiritual father was at the time. And uh, I walked in. This was the first time I was ever in that church. And I walked in, and uh, he said, I want, he just pointed to me like this as I was walking down the aisle. I was with Pastor Lou. And he said, up here, he said, sit on the platform. I didn't know him. He didn't know me. And uh, I did. I just sat there. And then the word of the Lord came forth from somebody I didn't know. The word of the Lord was to shake thyself. He says, it's time to shake yourself and do what the Lord has told you to do. And go and minister the word because I've called you to the ministry, which I knew that the Lord had, but I didn't want to at that particular time. I didn't feel that I was ready. But how they know, the Lord knows when we're ready. Those when we're not ready. And he says, shake your, the word was to shake myself and do what the Lord has told me to do. So the messages we're going to minister on is on shaken. Shaken. And it's taken from Acts, the fourth chapter, and the 31st verse. You can put that shaken up there if you can. My brother, not that, but the, oh, it is, oh, okay. I'm looking there, and it's over here. It's shaken. Now, I know some of us have really just started the new year with fasting and praying. So uh, we did the 21-day Daniel fast, whoever did that, and you fasted, and you prayed, and asking the Lord to move in your life or move in the church. You feel that God has something. You've been focusing your time maybe around Scripture, amen, or a passage of Scripture that would help you in the new year, something that you could carry with yourself into the next year. Shake it. Now, Acts 4, how many know is the model of the first church? Acts chapter 4, verse 31, is a model, and it's the model of the first church. And how many know it is our model? It's our model and our pattern that we need to follow. And how many know, saints, that the church today, I'm telling you right now, the church today needs to experience, it needs to experience the empowering presence and the empowering presence of God in and among its people. It's time that we shake ourselves. It's time that we could experience what God has for us. So I want you to go to Acts chapter 4 and verse 31, and we're going to read that. Acts 4, I'm going to go there. 
How many are happy this morning? Even though it's cold outside? Baby, it's cold outside. Oh, you know, it's warm inside here. God's presence is here. Chapter 4, verse 31. Listen to what it says. I think everyone should maybe just go along and say it out loud as I read it with you. Acts chapter 4, verse 31. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was what? Shaken. And they were all filled, all the, with, uh, filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God. When they had prayed, when they had prayed, the place was shaken. They had prayed, they reached heaven, and the place was shaken because they were assembled together in one accord and in one mind and in one spirit. And then they were all they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost. And they spoke then the word of God with boldness. Now, Father, we thank you. We ask, Lord God, your blessings upon this word that it would empower your people this morning. In the next few weeks, they would be empowered with the word of God. They would be shaken, as Acts 4 says. Use these lips to minister your word in Jesus' name. The name of the message is when the people had prayed. When the people had prayed. We know uh, Acts 4 here, when they were up in the upper room, was a place of united prayer. Not a little group here, not a little group there, not a little something there, not a little something there, but they were united. They were together in prayer. What happened, the place that experienced then a supernatural shaking. They were all in one accord, all together, united in the vision, in what they're supposed to do, but they were united in prayer. And then the place was shaken. Not just a regular shaking, but a supernatural shaking. Because shaken prayer is a united prayer. Because if, you, if you're not united, it will not be shaken. We need to be united in the prayer. A united prayer is a shaking prayer that shakes everything around us. Not just, oh, I feel good. Oh, 
this is making me, ah. But it shakes everything. It shakes your family. It shakes your job. It shakes your school. It shakes wherever you are, wherever you're walking. It shakes your church. It's a shaking prayer. And prayer, we know, is a powerful force that achieves supernatural results. Because heaven, then, is summoned. Heaven is summoned to act on earth in the affairs of men. Amen? Prayer is the language of heaven that God hears and then he answers. We have to believe that. Because it states in Jeremiah 33, 3. Call to me. What will happen? And I will answer you. And you know what else I'm going to do? I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you great and mighty things which you don't even know of. Which you don't even know. God says that he has some mind-blowing Come on, saints. He's got some mind-blowing, eye-popping, magnificent things to show us and to reveal to us. How many want some mind-boggling things happen to them? How many want some eye-popping things? They say, wow, I never thought he'd get saved. Wow, I never thought that would happen. Oh, God, you're really blessing me. Come on. It's a real mind-boggling thing that you get so excited and so, so shaken for God. You see, prayer obtains things that seem impossible. And they seem out of reach for you. Prayer. Now, if you're going to define shaken, if you define shaken, it means to move something by force or power. To move it by force or power, it means to remove obstacles. How many got some obstacles they want to see removed? How many want to see some things removed with force and power? How many want to see some people saved in your family and bring them in? But if it has to be by force, it's by force or power. To shake off. Listen to me, saints. It means to shake off unwanted things. I may need to shake off some things. Come on. Come on. I need to shake off some things. It also means to shake off some things. It means to arouse to action. Now I'm going to shake off some things. And then I'm going to get up and arouse to the action that I'm going to do the thing that God has just shaken off me. Now, prayer is mentioned 31 times in the book of Acts. Prayer precedes every significant event in Acts. Every significant event. Prayer was the link between power 
and the person of the Holy Spirit. See, when you make a decision to pray, when you say, okay, I'm going to pray. I want to do it. This is what I need to do. I'm going to pray. When you make that decision, there can be no waiting for a feeling. Oh, let me just wait for a... Uh, that feeling that's when I'll when I really feel it see when you make the decisions there's no making any weak excuses well I, I'll hurry up I gotta go to work uh, hurry up I gotta do this I really can't do it today I'm so busy oh, see there is no excuses there's no waiting for a feeling. And you know what? There's no allowing the devil to stop you. Because that's what he wants to do. He wants to stop you. Well, come on, hold on a minute. You're a little, you're going to be a little late. It's icy out there, a little snow, and maybe you're going to be a little late, so there's really no time to pray. That's what he wants. That's what he wants to do. Come on, say and there's no procrastinating when you make that decision. Let me give you some quotes. Andrew Murray, the great prayer warrior who's written so many books on prayer, stated this. The sign of prayerlessness is a proof that the life of God in the soul is in sickness and weakness. Prayerlessness brings on sickness. Brings on weaknesses. Let me tell you something. My wife knows when I don't pray. She says, you're terrible today. You haven't prayed. You got an attitude today. Come on, saints. You know, there's something about, you know, come on now. So what else said? Pray the largest prayers. You cannot think of a prayer so large that God, in answering it, will not wish you made it larger. Pray not for crutches, pray for wings. We want to pray to go higher. I want to pray to get free. I want to pray to move. Wesley Dewell, the other great <clears throat> prayer warrior, Prayerlessness is a sign of a casual Christian. Prayerlessness is a sin against your own spiritual life. Your own life. Not somebody else's life. Come on. Your own life. Because shaken prayer is a focusing prayer. It's something that we need to focus on. We need to have an intensity in prayer by focusing. Focusing. You know, I was watching the games last night. At first I watched the Knicks win. Thank the Lord. Hallelujah. 
Then I watched Indiana win. Hallelujah. They were focusing. Those players were focusing on winning. One focus, well, I guess we're going to lose today. Hallelujah. They're focusing on winning. So we have to focus. How many want to focus? How many want to win? <laughs> Come on. So we need to have intensity in prayer by focusing. Because we focus with prayer and fasting, which is coupled with what? Faith and unity in prayer. Because God honors uniting prayers. We just read it in Acts 4. He honors that. He honors that uniting prayer. He honors intercessory prayers. Come on, saints. He honors prayer partners. He honors godly prayer meetings. Because intensified prayer is clothed with the might of God himself. That's when we pray with intensity, focusing on what we need to focus on. So why focus? Why do we need to focus? What is a shaken prayer focus? Because when we focus, saints, I'm going to read you some things why we need to focus. Because when we focus, it will shake us out of our spiritual dullness. And I'm finding sometimes that the church is in dullness. Hello. There's a spiritual dullness and more of a program-oriented mm -hmm. or a thing-oriented that we need to do. Not a spiritual thing, so we become a spiritual dullness into doing. Romans 13, 11 says, and to this, knowing the time. What is the time? We need to know the time, saints, that now it is high time. It's high time. It's high time to awaken. Come on, it's high time to awaken out of our sleep. Awaken out of sleep. For now our salvation is nearer than we when we first believed. It's closer now. Come on, saints. We are in a time where it's really close. We really need to pray with intensity. We really need to pray with focusing. Come on. Because the salvation is nearer than we first believed way back then. The time is now to shake ourselves. Isaiah 52, 2. Shake yourself from the dust. Arise. Sit down, O Jerusalem. Loose yourself from the bonds of your neck, O captive daughter of Zion. Loose yourself from the bonds that are holding you back from prayer. Loose yourself from those things that are hindering you from your life of prayer. Loose yourself. And saints, 
Focused prayer shakes off prayerlessness. When we focus, it'll shake off. That's prayerlessness. Well, I need to know I got to pray today. I need to know I have to do it. It's time that I do it. Hebrews 4, 16. Let us therefore then come boldly. Come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace in the time. And how many know there's a time of need now? It was about, there's a time. How many, how many know there's a need right now? How many have a need in their family? It's time. How many have, there's a need in their life? Time, now. Because boldly in the Greek means freedom, freedom, unreservedness of speech. That we could boldly speak to God and say, God, by faith, I take it, I believe it, I know it, I got my healing, I got that salvation for my son, I got that for my daughter, my marriage is going to be right, this is going to happen. Come boldly. That's what it says, unreserved. Unreserved. Hey, I come boldly to your grace, to your throne of grace. It means no fear. Not intimidated. Boldly. Come with freedom to the throne of grace. Because Matthew 7, 7 says, Ask, and it shall be given unto you. Come on, saints. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. Saints, focused prayer will shake the mountains of resistance. You see, the enemy, Satan, will not give up his strongholds. Come on. He won't give up his strongholds without strong resistance and spiritual battle. There's a spiritual battle. And Satan ain't giving you, ain't, ain't just because, oh, okay, he's a Christian. He goes to church on Sunday. Yeah. Hallelujah. I'm going to take off the bonds. Mm-mm. He will not give up those strongholds without a battle. God has ordained us to dislodge and defeat Satan by prayers of his people. We need to come and spread all the facts out. Come on, saints. Spread all the facts out. Spread all the facts of resistance, all the facts of doubts out, and fears before the Lord. Spread them out before the Lord. Isaiah 37, 14. You know what it says here? And Hezekiah received the letter from the hand of the messengers and read it. And Hezekiah went up to the house of the Lord, and what did he do? Here it is. Here it is, God. 
Give me an answer. Tell you what to do. I spread it out before you. Maybe we need to start spreading out those things. Spread out the names of the, your family members. Spread out marriage. Spread out finances. Spread out this. Spread out addiction. Come on. Spread it out. Before the Lord. You see, saints, focus prayer will shake people free from Satan's hold. If you look at Mark 9, 29, this is what he said. What did he say to them in Mark 9, 29? He said to them, this kind can come out by nothing but what? Come on. We can do all kinds of gyrations. You can go to church seven days a week, 24 hours a day. But I mean, no, if we don't come before the Lord and, and spread it out before Him, you can do all the gyrations you want to do. But it comes with prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting. We need to shake off the bands of limitations. Limitations. We need to demonstrate passionate desperation in our prayers. How many of you remember Joash? Not like him. When he was told to do something, he did something else. Joash, who stopped too soon by striking the ground with the with the arrow. He stopped too soon. And you know what happened? He was open then for defeat. And it happened. If you read 2 Kings and read the story in 13, 19, and the man of God was angry with him. He got angry with Joash. And he said this, you should have struck five or six times like I told you to strike. Then you would have struck, then you would have beaten Syria. Then you would have beaten your enemy. But no, you stopped. Because if you would have did it five or six times, like I told you, the enemy would have been destroyed. But you didn't destroy him. You only struck three times. Three times. And you know what happened? Now, you will strike only three times, and then the enemy got in and beat him. You're going to come to God in desperate, passionate desperation, and he tells you to do something, you better do it. Better do it. Better do it. We need to spread and shake off some hindrances on marriage relationships. We need to take off the hindrances on God-filled marriages. Because it's no different in the church than it is out there. It's the same statistics. One and two, or whatever it is, getting divorced even in the church. I'm talking about God-filled marriages. 
Because how many know a healthy marriage and healthy marriages are not ready-made? When I marry somebody and I turn them over, turn them around, and say, I now introduce you, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, whoever it may be, for the very first time, they don't walk out here and say, nothing will ever happen to me again because now I am in glory. I am. It doesn't happen that way. It just does not happen. You know why? Because marriage is hard work. It's hard work. Somebody may get, need to get rid of some pride. Hello? Somebody may need to admit a mistake. It's hard work. You may need to ask for forgiveness. Oh, my God, I have to do that, too? I was right. No, but the way you did it was wrong. Maybe you need to ask for forgiveness and then say it the right way. We need to get rid of some wrong thinking. Like thinking he or she will never change. Oh, they'll never change. So we stop praying, we stop focusing, and we only focus on he or she will never change. Because defeatism will paralyze you. It will paralyze you from doing anything that's constructive. You're defeated. You don't want to do anything. How many know when they're defeated? They're depressed. You lay in bed. You don't do nothing. So you can't be constructive. You're not thinking properly. You're just a blob. I'm telling the truth this morning. You're just somebody... that's defeated. And you can't do nothing constructive with your life. And God wants us to be constructive with our life. Because we need to take the strongholds from our minds. Up here. We need to get rid of the strongholds. Because in 2 Corinthians 10.4 it says this, because the weapons of our warfare, what? Are not carnal, but they are what? Mighty in God for pulling down of strongholds. This is not, this is a spiritual thing. It's not a carnal, it's a spiritual thing. Romans 12, 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be what? But ye be transformed. By what? 
come on, renewing of your mind that you may then do what? Prove. See, then you're going to prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And how do we transform our mind? By the washing of the word. We read it, we read it, we read it, we read it. And our mind then gets transformed. We also need to shake off unbelief for healing. Come on. We need to shake it off. I'm never going to get healed. No, no, that's not going to happen. And we speak death instead of speaking life. In Numbers 12, 13, so Moses cried out to the Lord. He spoke, saying, please heal us, O God, I pray. Heal us. I think Moses came. I think I'll just go up there, pray a little bit for uh, sister so-and-so. Hey, God, get a chance. You're a healer, okay? I'm just lifting this up to you right now, and if you get a chance, uh, uh, and you're a healer. No. no. He cried out. Healer, healer, healer. Mark 11, 24. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things, come on, say, you ask, when you pray, you do what? Believe that you what? Come on, everybody. You believe that you did what? You receive them, and then what happens? Come on, everybody. You will have them. He's Jehovah Rophah. He's my healer. He is the Lord that healeth thee. Michael, would you come up here a minute? Because I want to do something. We need to shake off some financial resistance also. And how do you shake off lack? Tithe. <laughs> you, shake, you shake it off, Malachi 3.10. You know, that's, that's the whole thing. Bring all your tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. And try me now. Try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing, hallelujah, such blessing that there will not be room enough for you to receive it. And the last one, saints, we need to shake off the gates of hell. Isaiah 61, 1. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. Matthew 16, verse 16 to 18. Simon Peter answered and said, 
You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjonia, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. Come on. But my Father, who is in heaven, and I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. He will reveal things to you. 